MSW Media. Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes are cold. Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. This is what we're drinking with and done. Oh, yeah. oh Danny boy. <laughs> the pipes, the pipes are calling. Welcome. And a very warm welcome it is from the Mont Hotel in City Center, Dublin, Ireland. That's where I am right now, and uh, you are with me in some way. Normally, we uh, we do one episode a week. Comes out on Tuesdays. Uh, this is a special bonus episode. I woke up today, and I thought, you know what? Let's let's put another one up because every day is special. And on this special edition of the show, I am going to uh, chat with John Soden. I went up to Belfast, Northern Ireland, which surprisingly is only about two hours away from Dublin here. And I spoke with John. John uh, is with McConnell's Whiskey. McConnell's is the first commercially available whiskey ever in Northern Ireland, started in 1776. My American listeners will recognize that date as one of some significance in uh, in our country as well. Uh, so I went up there, talked to John. We talked about the Troubles. We talked about the history of Irish whiskey, just a bunch of stuff. And we also got to go over uh, after the interview to a place called the Duke of York, one of the finest pubs in all the world in Belfast, and I highly recommend it. But again, because it's a special episode and because it's a, we'll call this a little mini episode, I want to jump right in to the interview with John, and uh, and uh, I don't know how to get in there. Let's see. I mean, maybe we should uh, have our good friend Matthew McConaughey bring us in. All right, all right, all right. So I woke up this morning uh, in a town called Dublin, Ireland, and I made my way about two hours north to another town you might have heard of by the name of Belfast, which is in Northern Ireland. And I am now sitting, I'm perched up in a lovely establishment called the Harp Bar, and sitting with me, uh, oh, well, let me continue to set the scene. I'm, sit, I'm sitting here, I've got uh, a bottle of whiskey, and a glass of whiskey, and of course a pint. You're in Ireland, you, you have to have a pint in front of you at all times. It is against the law not to. And the man I'm sitting with brought the whiskey. And I'm appreciative of that. He is the uh, international sales manager for McConnell's Irish Whiskey, John Soden. How are you, buddy? I'm great, Dan. Nice to be here with you, and welcome to Belfast. Thank you, man. Thank you. So where where are we? I mean, we're in the Harp Bar. Where is this in... in so we're, we're in the Cathedral Quarter of Belfast. This is like the beating heart of the on-premise of Belfast. This is a place with 
the best bars in the city. There are great bars in other places, but there's just a bunch of great bars around here. Okay. You could uh, literally walk from bar to bar and go to probably 10 bars, have one of the best nights of your life, and just be in the most amazing on-premise environment. It's a wonderful place to go out uh, for bars, restaurants, and fun. Great fun city. I, You know, it's funny. I've been to Ireland numerous times. I've never been to Belfast. Uh, you know, it's it's always had this... For me, I guess this, I'm still maybe trapped in the past where you think about like, oh, you can't go to Northern Ireland, you know? And it was amazing to drive up here. There's literally nothing. There's no, there's no sign that there was ever a barrier to get here, right? And so one of the things right. I wanted to, obviously we're going to dive into McConnell's, the brand, which is an iconic brand. Uh, it was first started back in 1776. That's right. The and, same uh, year as American uh, Independence. Same as America. Yeah. And, um, and you seem to be doing better than America now. Uh, well, that's what gonna, <laughs> let's not go there. <laughs> let's not go there. So, um, but one of the things I do want to I want to talk about is uh, several things. But let's start off with what what did it mean when the border opened? Up? Well, so far, all right, all right, let me backtrack. As I talked about earlier in the show, Irish whiskey as a category was in big trouble. Uh, Prohibition hurt it. The, the uh, War of Independence hurt it. it by the end of the late 20th century, you were down to about one distillery, right? Middleton right? was kind of the, the only one. Pretty much. Maybe like three or four brands were available in the United States. What happened? How did the comeback happen? So I guess just to go back a little bit in terms of where Irish whiskey was at. So at the turn of the century, uh, say 1900, Irish whiskey was the largest selling spirit globally. Far larger than any other spirit category. And... Um, given the situation we now have with scotch, we were, at that stage, a much bigger category than scotch whiskey was. But that was then. You're talking the turn of the 19th century. I'm talking about 1900. So 1900, 1900, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So um, then we, we uh, started to go into decline. A number of things occurred, probably the biggest of which that everybody talks about is prohibition. There were a number of other factors uh, that affected the industry, but that was simply, that was single. Can I, let one. me ask you this, John. Why we all you always hear we always talk about how prohibition sort of did in Irish whiskey, but why didn't that happen to Scotch? <clears throat> well, I think there was two reasons. Uh, the first reason that Irish whiskey disappeared was that, as well as around 1920, you had this partition of Ireland, uh, where you had Northern Ireland and Southern Ireland separated, and then the Southern Irish government got into a war of independence, and they also got into an economic war with the British, so all of the British markets were closed to Irish whiskey that was made in the South. So those markets literally went away, and compounded with that, then Prohibition brought the end of the U.S. market. So they all of those selling any. Together, there wasn't anywhere to sell the whiskey. There was whiskey. nowhere to sell, really. Yeah. Uh, there was a number of other factors. I think one of them was that Irish whiskey at the time was slow to innovate. Uh, Scotch whiskey innovated using the coffee still, which was continuous distillation process. Yes. So they could make cheaper, lighter whiskey. So they were able to sell it in larger quantities. Um, and so that hurt some of the Irish uh, distillers who did not go that direction. They stayed with single pot still whiskey. And so just the, the non-innovation from the, um, the Irish manufacturer side and then all of the political pieces that were working together hurt us. Uh, the war, 1914 to 1918, had an impact as well. Americans learned about Scotch and then whiskey. You, and then literally goes from the war to prohibition starts in 1920. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so a number of factors. Scotch was rising. Uh, Scotch whiskey as a style of whiskey became very popular. 
people liked its lighter style. And also bourbon uh, later. You know, yeah, you of course. Start, you start yeah. to, I mean, so yeah, it was. Uh, there was a lot of factors that went into it. Now, now how, what, what would you attribute the bounce back to? The Irish whiskey now is, is really on the rebound as a category. Yeah, I think there's a number of things. Um, there were some far-sighted people in the Irish whiskey industry a long time ago who realized that if we didn't band together, uh, we would go out of business entirely. So three or four Irish whiskey distilleries came together and formed Irish distillers, and that saved the industry effectively. So uh, the category was saved by uh, John Powers came together with the makers of Tullamore Jew and Paddy and Jameson, Jameson and also Bushmills. And they formed Irish distillers, which uh, all of the whiskey was made between Bushmills Distillery in Bushmills and also the Middleton Distillery in County Cork. <clears throat> so they became very efficient at making whiskey, um, but they also became good marketeers and started to focus on brands. And then from among the brands that were in the stable, uh, they made the decision that the, r the horse to ride was Jemison, and they invested in that brand very significantly. And Jemison effectively has led the resurgence of Irish whiskey. Isn't it something along the lines of 80% of all the Irish whiskey consumed in the United States is Jemison? Yeah, I think that's probably right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Out of a out of a total market of four and a half million cases, between three and a half and four million is is Jemison. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, but all these brands are coming up, and that and that brings us to McConnell's. So as we mentioned, McConnell's is a brand that was started. We became right when the uh, the American uh, Revolution happened. When, when the we seventeen seventy six when yeah. we became the Amer So, what happened though? The brand obviously went away at some point. It did, yeah. Storied history. Uh, like many Irish whiskey brands, we're sitting here in this room and we are surrounded by uh, Irish whiskey mirrors, most of which were um, Belfast brands and most of which no longer exist. Um, McConnell's was one of those brands. In 1776, we were the first branded Irish whiskey in Northern Ireland, which when I say branded, I mean the bottle had the name McConnell's on it. Even though at the time Bushmills were producing whiskey, they weren't branding their whiskey Bushmills. So they were a little bit ahead of their time, the McConnells, and um, unfortunately in 1930 they went out of business, uh, as many whiskey distillers did around that time between 1900 and 1940. Pretty much most of them were wiped out. And uh, so we've resurrected the brand. We um, were excited that we could find such a gem, and we thought the history of McConnells was just so incredible that we wanted to bring that back to the world. And we also wanted to bring a Belfast whiskey back to the world. Because uh, we feel there's an opportunity, and you're just launching in the category. now, yeah. literally just launching. Literally, just I mean, we launched in Belfast uh, in this bar uh, two weeks ago, <clears throat> and we're just launched in the United States as well. Incredible, and uh, you know, I I work with uh, and people that listen to the show regularly know I'm I'm the host of the Whiskey X, uh, which goes That's around right. the country. We've got our first event coming up March 20th in Brooklyn, and McConnell's is going to be there, right? We're so excited to be there, yeah. yeah. And so it's a great chance. I think it's going to be an awesome day. If you're, if you're in the New York area, go to thewhiskeyx.com, get some tickets, come out, say hi to me. Are you going to be over there? Sadly, I won't, oh, but uh, we have lots of good people in the States who will be there. So going to be there. It's a great chance to try the whiskey. So I have it now in front of me. Now, what, what is this one that we're drinking? So the whiskey we're drinking here is a blended Irish whiskey. It's a 70-30 blend between grain and malt. It's all minimum five years of age, so all the whiskey's been aged for five years, and it's all aged in first fill American oak, which means that the barrels that we age our whiskey in were previously used to make bourbon. Bourbon, yeah. Okay, I'm going to take a little sip here and tell you guys what I'm thinking here. 
Mm. Wow. That's great. It's delicious, Smooth. Right? It's got a little, it's got a vegetal quality to it that I really like. Yeah. Um, and this is now, what, do you, what is this going for? And, and by the way, it's got a great, I'll take a picture of this so you guys can check it out at the Imbiber on my Instagram, but it's got a really cool label, but it's also got this metal uh, badge badge here at the yeah. top of the bottle that says uh, J&J McKay. That looks like it's probably the old, was that the old crest from the uh, brand? Yeah, actually the, 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 this was not on the original bottle. This is part of our new design, but most every other element was taken from the original bottle. And if you go across the road, there's an old um, Irish whiskey store that has the old McConnell's bottles for sale. Not for sale, sorry, on display. And this package is essentially exactly the same as it was in 1930, with the exception of the glass has been modernized. It's yeah. very beautiful. It's a beautiful bottle. It's a gorgeous and, and the whiskey. Would you know what this goes for in the states? Yeah, this will sell for thirty two dollars, thirty two ninety nine. That's a great. Uh, it's a really good a value. Great value. Yeah, for, for a five year old whiskey, uh, it's really good value. But we wanted to be, and coming back to your earlier comment about you know what's happened and why is Irish whiskey coming back, I think the main reason Irish whiskey is resurgent is because the flavor profile of Irish whiskey is so attractive to the consumer. So Irish whiskey is really easy to drink. It is. It's delicious. Uh, it's, I would say, at the entry level, as your journey of whiskey happens, Irish whiskey can happen very early because it's accessible. I've said that before. I, I think if I had somebody that wasn't a whiskey drinker and I was going to try, I'm certainly not going to break them in with like Ardbeg, no, you know, or something or like Lagavulin. that. No, and even some of the even some of the American, you know, the the, the American yeah. whiskeys, the bourbon, you know, the. the I think could be a bit much for some people, and I think Irish whiskey is just very approachable. Yeah, it's very easy to drink. It's it's, it's, it's it's got a great taste to it. Um, so now you mentioned you wanted to have a Belfast whiskey. So talk a little bit about what what happened when the, when the border did open up. What did that mean for whiskey? And and also the second part of that would be what does what's going on now with Brexit? mean right is yeah. it good is it what actually let's just go right there very okay? interesting what does that mean to i because you know we hear a lot in the states about what, what the tariffs are doing to imports in the states to scotch and and, and wine everything else what about over here what it what it what's the worry here that that brexit could do what to the irish whiskey industry well i guess there's there's a couple of factors but let's kind of hit the top one is what what could go wrong as a result of brexit um if we can agree, the governments of the European Union and, and the British government can agree to having no tariffs on trade, then everything continues as currently, and it's happy days. We're all very happy. And that's what everybody's hoping for, that there will be an agreement. People are worried that because uh, we have so little time to get that done, it might not be fully done by the time the end of this year happens. Um, I, I'm positive about it. I think that you know, governments want to do business. They want people to carry on doing business. So we're hopeful, uh, but we're vigilant, you know, around what may or may not happen. If there is no trade deal between the European Union and the British government, then potentially some of the supply chains are impacted in terms of tariffs for products that come into Ireland from outside of Ireland or from the UK, which would have an impact on our pricing, make us less competitive. So nobody wants that. So but fingers Irish whiskey is not going away. Yeah. It's just there's a threat that we may become more expensive. Now, take a step back. Uh, the tariffs that are currently in place on, for example, Irish whiskey, malt whiskey going into the United States, or American whiskey coming into the European Union, that just hurts the business for everybody. No one's happy. 
none of us want to see that. We and want I don't all think of our businesses many people understand it. Like you know, I'm talking in the industry. You know, yeah. I, I've read a lot of. You know, I mean, it's like so many things that are happening in America right now. <laughs> they seem to be decisions that are just made. You know. Yeah, it looks on by tweet. It, yeah, you know, it like, looks like so it's he, punitive in nature. Trump sees something on Fox News and goes, "Yeah, let's do that." You know, <laughs> and uh, and and in case of the tariff, in the in the case of the tariffs, I think that we're only now. I don't think you're going to really see the 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 real destruction that that's going to wreak because it's not just it's not just the brands themselves that are being hurt. It's everybody everybody along the distribution chain. Absolutely, from the guys who load this stuff off the docks to you know, and it's it's hard to great so. Hopefully that's not going to happen to any level with you guys over here with Brexit. But well, hope, yeah. hopefully not. Yeah, yeah. And, we're, and we're I think we're all cautiously optimistic, but we're as I said, we're being vigilant. But take a step back from what you said originally was. It's an interesting one because whiskey in Ireland is, in my opinion, is apolitical. So it's always been a thirty-two county product. Irish whiskey is made in the thirty-two counties of Ireland, north of Ireland and south of Ireland. So the border never was an issue. Never, never played into it. If you think back uh, in time, Irish distillers was made up of Bushmills as well as Jemison and Powers and Tullamore Jew sure. and Paddy. So um, we've always been collaborative around whiskey uh, and we want to remain that way and that's you know part of our current efforts around the whole Brexit piece are we want to be seen as a 32 county product. And that's a challenge because you have to you know bring in laws that allow the UK to leave the EU but, for example, Irish whiskey will still be an Irish product. So uh, these are the kind of challenges we have to get around. The Irish Whiskey Association is doing a wonderful job there. And uh, so we're, we're really positive that that's all going to remain as it was before. So it's never been a problem before. We're hoping it never will be in the future. I was talking to some guys down in Dublin, and they were saying it's it's a very uh, – there's a lot of camaraderie here, too. It, do, do you, it, it's, the, the brands aren't necessarily – Obviously, there's a competition aspect to it. Of course, it, but, yeah. But I mean, so for instance, Bushmills is your neighbor up here, right? I mean, do you do yeah. you guys... And we have the utmost respect for them. Yeah. Uh, and camaraderie is, is, a, is a good word. I mean, the whiskey business is a funny one. Um, we, we are into co-opetition. We compete with each other on the shelf, but we cooperate where we can to help grow the category. Um, a good example would be when I started my career in whiskey, I was working for Tullamore Jew, we had just bought that brand from Irish distillers. The reason they sold it to us was they wanted to grow the category. So uh, there was kind of an and that's a sw- and that's smart business. You it's know, smart business. It's forward exactly. thinking. It's yeah. you know, um, you know, one of the uh, one of the things I was also uh, was thinking about when it when it comes to the you know sort of that that state of competition and as we talked about Jameson. Does, is that sort of seen as like the the eight hundred pound gorilla, or do or is there a begrudging respect for Jameson? Is it? Uh... Oh, I think it's genuine respect. I wouldn't even say begrudging. Yeah. Um, they've done a phenomenal job with the brand and with the category. And you know, smaller people like us are following along that that uh, path that they've opened up. The nice thing, I guess, for us is that because people have discovered Jameson and therefore the Irish whiskey category, they're now interested in other Irish whiskies. Uh, because they want to increase their repertoire. So it's a great opportunity for all the rest of us to follow Jemison and uh, to leverage what they've done in terms of exploring or finding new consumers for our brands. Uh, very often that's a Jemison consumer who will continue to drink Jemison, but will also drink McConnell's and will also drink other Irish whiskies. And uh, I think that's really positive. 
in the states, are you guys doing a big rollout? Are you going to be available in certain states, or are you available all over the country? We're going to be eventually available all over the country. Initially, obviously, we'll go to the footprint states. So we'll be in New York, we'll be in California, Texas, uh, Florida, and we'll also be in uh, Massachusetts. We'll be in Illinois, uh, probably into Colorado. Maybe, sure. Uh, and by the way, you're mentioning a lot of states where we will be holding Whiskey X events. Which so is we great. got, like I said, March 20th in Brooklyn. I think the next one after that is April 24th in Santa Monica, California, Beautiful. at Santa Monica Airport. And I will be at all of those, uh, and I will be sipping on some McConnell's. I'll be uh, with you in spirit. You'll be there in spirit. If I can't be there myself. And uh, so, by the way, we, we after we John and I wrap up here, we're going to go across the street and. Uh, some friends told me when I was coming over here that I have to go. It's called the Duke of York, right? Yeah, one of the and it's a pubs. legendary bar, a legendary pub. I guess you call them over here the pubs. Yeah. And uh, what makes it so legendary? Oh, the the Duke of York is an unusual bar. Uh, I think in a global context, w- Willie Jack, who's the owner of the bar and owns a few other bars in Belfast, is a just a genuine lover of Belfast and all things Belfast and all things whiskey. <clears throat> and he is the greatest collector of memorabilia you've ever seen. We'll see that after lunch. Um, and just a great love of the industry and of the city and someone who brings real passion and warmth around it. Uh, when you get there, you'll understand it. The people behind the bar are incredible. The service is fabulous. Uh, the drinks are great. And it's just a very fun, enjoyable place to spend time. Uh, you know, If any of you get the chance to come to Belfast, we'd love to see you because it's just one of the most enjoyable cities from a... A drinker's perspective, if I can put it that way, in sure. a positive way, it's just a wonderful place to hang out, and um, we'd love to see you here. I, I couldn't agree more, and uh, John Soden, I want to thank you for spending time with us here on the show, and, and sort of clarify, you know, I, I just find it fascinating, and I think it, it's such a great story that... Irish whiskey was, you know, was on its deathbed, you know. The, yeah. They were ready to pull the plug, and then lo and behold, the the bounce back is coming. Now, what is, there's over, what, 30 distilleries Over 30 now? distilleries, yeah. yeah it's in, a, it's in, a great and, story. And growing. Oh, and that was the final thing I wanted to touch on before I let you go. You guys are building a distillery in the old Belfast jail, is that what it is? Yeah, the Crumlin Road Jail in Belfast, which is an iconic old building in Belfast. That's our aspiration. At the moment, we're working through all the, the processes that need to be done to make the that happen. The red tape. The red tape. <laughs> yeah. But um, when we get that done, we will have one of the most incredible uh, attractions for someone to see in a distillery and in, in a wonderful city. So we're very excited about what that will do for our brand um, and for the city together. So it's about a reemergence for us as a brand and the emergence of Belfast as a wonderful city, um, you know, moving forward into the future. Really positive story. Fantastic. So everybody out there, do remember, try, go pick up some McConnell's. $32 a bottle, I'm telling you, you're not going to get. You're not going to get a better whiskey at that price point. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit more expensive than... Uh, Jameson's probably about 22 23 something yeah, like that. Yeah, probably a little bit more, maybe. But It's worth yeah. the extra money. Uh, you know, check it out. It's brand new in the States, not brand new in the universe. 1776 is when it started. Fantastic. Um, John Soden, thanks, man. And uh, let's go. Uh, oh, here. Slancha. Slancha. Thanks for coming, Dan. All right. Good to have you. Yep. Mm. There you have it, folks. Thank you to John Soden for that interview. And uh, now I'm going to roll out. Uh, it's got some more adventures ahead of me here in Ireland. They'll be coming up on uh, subsequent episodes of the show. But right now I'm off to the Guinness 
Brewery, going to have a good day at Guinness. Uh, and there's also a Row and Co. Uh, the, the, the distillery here in Dublin, too, I'm going to be hitting. So, again, you'll be hearing all about that on some future episodes of what we're drinking. But for now, let my good friend Elvis Presley take us out. Oh, Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes are calling from glen to glen and down. Mountainside.